Today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. How will the Reds and Rockies fill the DH slot if they will have one all season long? And who is Michael Beller's favorite player? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. Got ahead of me on uh, my my caffeine question, so glad glad to know that there's been uh, some caffeination in your life. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy in 15 on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, April 16th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am joined by Michael Beller. And Wednesday was a day to remember Jackie Robinson and to remember him uh, breaking the color barrier in uh, Major League Baseball. And sadly, it was a day also to uh, mourn the loss of Damaso Garcia, the uh, all-star second baseman with the Blue Jays, terrific defender, Part of uh, some uh, really good Blue Jays teams from uh, from the 80s, and uh, just another, unfortunately, a sad passing uh, in the baseball world. Um, moving on to uh, some other news from the past day or so, there's a piece in the Athletic from uh, Molly Knight talking about uh, how MLB is taking part in the first COVID-19 antibody study, uh, about uh, 10,000 Major League Baseball employees uh, from concessionaires uh, to players and family of players are taking part in this study. Uh, So definitely check that piece out uh, by Molly Knight. But um, Michael, let's uh, get on to a topic that uh, DVR and Eno uh, first embarked upon on uh, rates and barrels, and that is how will National League teams deal with the DH slot if they go to a scheme where uh, all the teams are playing in one location or two locations and everybody's got the DH? So uh, we'll take a look at the Reds and the Rockies. So starting with the Reds, uh, the, the Reds only played 10 games in 2019 in American League parks, but Joey Votto is the DH in four of those. Do you think that that's maybe a template for uh, 2020 where Josh Van Meter could step in as the substitute first baseman? Or do you think it'd be somebody from the crowded outfield picture? How do you see the Reds dealing with this? Yeah, to me, this is going to be a mix and match situation. I don't think the Reds are going to be one of the teams that end up having a clear cut winner because of or if the if Major League Baseball does end up adopting a universal DH for the 2020 season, I think you're going to see a lot of guys get extra time because of uh, that addition. So it would be something where Joey Votto gets some time off but still remains in the lineup as a DH and Josh Van Meter fills in at first. But you, this is just another way also to get that those crowded outfield guys into the lineup in one way or another. We know that Nicholas Castellanos is going to be out there for the Reds every single day. Other than that, you got Shogo Akiyama, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel. They really want to find time for all three of those guys. And that just means that they can do it 
at the DH position. And so I don't think it's going to be super clean. I just think all of those guys are going to move in and out of the DH spot. So I guess if I had to pick one winner for this team, I think it would be Senzel. I think that's the guy who's bad. They really want to get in there, and now they have a way to get it in for sure. I think that Akiyama is going to um, ultimately make himself this team's mostly everyday center fielder, so I don't think the DH will have that much of an effect on him, but it really doesn't feel to me like a clean, obvious Here's our everyday DH. This guy is someone who you definitely want in fantasy leagues now that we know he's going to be in the lineup every single day and not have to find a place to hide his glove. It's not that clean in Cincinnati. I do think that Senzel is the one guy who I would bump up the most uh, in my fantasy rankings if we do get word that MLB will be adopting the universal DH this season. Well, what do you think about Aristides Aquino? And by the way, I, I do agree that I think Senzel probably gets the biggest bump. But do you think that this opens up some playing time for Aquino uh, in otherwise what would be a situation where he might be on the outside looking in? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they would definitely give him some run. I mean, don't you? But I just think that if I'm going to lay my chips with one guy, it's not going to be with Aquino. Too many holes in the swing, too many holes in his offensive game. The power is immense, and we saw last year when he first came up what he can be like when he does get on a hot streak. Uh, but I feel like those hot streaks are more likely to be few and far between than they are to be something that ultimately is the foundation of the player who he is. Again, Senzel has the highest ceiling of all these guys as an everyday player, and I think this avenue to get another bat in the lineup benefits him the most because of that fact. Yeah, well, like I said, I think that does make the most sense. We take a look at the Rockies. I don't think that their roster is quite as jam-packed. Um, DVR and I talked about Garrett Hampson on the last episode in the context of him being one of the players whose ADP has actually fallen the most uh, since the shutdown was announced. And DVR had, a, a, I think, a very compelling explanation for that, which is that Ryan McMahon attracted a lot of attention with his spring training and somebody basically had to pay in terms of ADP and it was uh, Garrett Hampson. And I think that that, you know, if somebody were going to, that that would make the most sense. But with an extra slot, do you think that Hampson is the one who gets back into the lineup the most often? It's got to be him, right? I, I mean, th this is another team that feels like they don't have a great uh, – let me, let me rephrase. The Reds have some good options, but it's not an obvious he's going to be our everyday DH. I feel like the Rockies don't necessarily have an option that overwhelms you as the obvious choice. I feel as though Hampson could end up being that guy, but I don't think they're going to want to totally uh, uh, block Ian Desmond out of the lineup either. Um, Sam Hilliard right now, someone we like, but someone – who is still really just a theory at this point, not someone who we can for sure count on. So maybe he ends up not being an everyday outfielder, but then factoring into the DH mix. I think that Hilliard's probably a little bit safer in terms of overall playing time. So I do think that I would lay my chips if I had to lay them on one player with Hampson. Uh, he's a guy who also brings a little bit of a different element to this uh, Colorado team as well, uh, right? Uh, it's a team that with Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, David Dahl, Charlie Blackman, they're still going to be able to hit for a decent amount of power on this team. So you don't necessarily need that out of your DH. Hampson uh, brings an element that they don't necessarily have up and down the roster, and that is uh, a guy who can uh, bring some speed and bring some uh, aggressive base running uh, to the table. Trevor Story can do that, but not a whole lot of other guys on this team are going to do that. So I like the Hampson uh, or Hampson's ability to uh, differentiate the skill set of this uh, of this roster and bring a little bit of uh, of a different element to the table that this team right now, as it's currently constructed with uh, with a pitcher hitting in every single day, is going to be lacking.
Well, the only other player I think who might throw a wrench into that would be Brendan Rodgers, because there really isn't any place for him as the projected lineup is currently constructed where he could really get some playing time. And I still think that the potential is there, obviously after a very disappointing uh, year in 2019. Uh, it still seems way too early to close the book on on Rodgers, and this could be a way for him to get some regular play. While Hampson could he could platoon, the Rockies last year frequently utilized sort of a four outfielder rotation, and Hampson could just be a part of that as well. So I get what you're saying in terms of Hampson bringing a different type of game into the lineup, uh, and that makes him, I think, a, a better choice. But could you see? Uh, you know, Rogers maybe usurping the, usurping those plate appearances instead. Yeah, I mean, you really said it all. There's no way that they're done with Brendan Rodgers. Um, he has to be in this mix too. Um, and so, and again, it becomes another situation where it isn't super clean, and there isn't necessarily an obvious winner uh, based on the possibility of there being a universal DH for National League teams this season. And I, I do think that Rodgers probably has the highest fantasy ceiling of the group. So if you're thinking about it in those terms, even if you're not sure which one's going to get the most additional plate appearances based on the adoption of the DH, uh, Rodgers is the one who I think could make the most of it if he does develop into the regular DH or the mostly regular DH for this team. And that, for me, would make him the most attractive of the group. Yeah, I agree. Part of the fun of this, I guess, uh, fun maybe being in, in air quotes, is uh, trying to guess how the Rockies would handle this situation and maybe putting our own logic aside. But uh, that's, uh, we've, we've got some time to, to ponder that question. And uh, speaking of questions, we've got a trivia question coming up for you in just a moment. But first, top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everybody has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. Which... Fantasy Baseball and 15 host botched the reading of Wednesday's trivia question. And the answer to that trivia question is this guy. <laughs> uh, so I, I've actually botched it in a couple of different ways, to be honest. So, And I've got one job, right? Um, but uh, long and the short of it is we did uh, have uh, people who submitted the correct answer or one of uh, the correct answers to the question. I did do a drawing. We did have a winner. I'm going to announce that winner on the next episode, because we're going to do a two for here, we're, I'm going to do a second drawing. And uh, anybody who already submitted a correct answer, you're already in that drawing. But I think that the way I read the question was misleading. So I'm going to read it again, a little more precisely, and uh, give you another shot to answer the question. I'll do another drawing. We'll have two winners. So here goes trivia question part two. Name one of three players. I said two 
the previous time. So it's actually three players. Name one of three players who finished in the bottom 12 in end zone WOBA with a minimum of 1,000 pitches in 2019. So one of three players who finished in the bottom 12 for end zone WOBA with a minimum of 1,000 pitches seen overall. And here's the tweak. And had an overall ISO of at least 110. An overall ISO for the whole season of at least 110 in 2019. So any one of three players who fill both of those qualifications. All right. So a little more correct, a little more specific, uh, giving you another shot at it. DM your responses to me on Twitter at Al Melchior BB. Uh, I will do a drawing at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern today. So um, anyways, yeah, give it another shot. And I apologize for the... Uh, not great reading the last it's time okay. around. We all make mistakes, man. Uh, Don't so, worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. Ah, thanks. I feel better. <laughs> I feel better now, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, speaking of reading, uh, we have now our featured read for the day. This is a really good one. I mean, they're, they're all good. That's, you know, why we make them featured. But this one comes from uh, the Nationals beat writer, Brittany Giroli. Uh, But this is not about the Nationals. It's bigger than two minutes on a Sunday inside six reporters' side gigs. So she interviewed several um, uh, sideline reporters uh, and talked about how they do a whole other job outside of sideline reporting. It's really, uh, I don't know where... (laughs) <laughs> the people she talked to, where they get the the energy, the inspiration. Uh, it's a really cool read, and uh, I'm hoping it'll motivate me a little bit. Maybe it'll motivate <laughs> you. Uh, but anyways, check out uh, Britt's piece. It's uh, it's most excellent. And uh, we're going to have another reading here, sort of a bonus reading uh, from Michael Beller himself. So, uh, Michael, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Al. So our colleagues over on the print side launched a really cool series a couple of weeks ago called My Favorite Player, in which they all wrote about, yeah, you guessed it, their favorite players. They could define their favorite player in whatever way possible, and I read a few of them, and they really hit home, even though the players weren't necessarily my favorite players. It was just a really cool thing that they did and a fun way to find engagement with the sports that we love at a time that we can't watch any of them. So I thought we could bring that over to the audio side as well. That's exactly what I'm going to do right now with my favorite fantasy baseball player. My first foray into fantasy sports came during the 1998 NFL season in a fantasy football league that still exists to this day. Football was the perfect entree into the fantasy world for me, not only because I was in eighth grade and it was a light lift, but also because I didn't play the sport. My only tie to it was as a Chicago Bears fan, and that had borne little fruit to that point in my life. But baseball? Baseball was different. Baseball was my first athletic love. I started playing when I was five, made all the travel teams as a kid, briefly flirted with playing Division Three ball, spent about a month on the club team at Wisconsin, and finally hung up my spikes after playing a few years in a men's league in my mid-twenties. When I was in high school, I thought that, since I played the game and loved the Cubs, I had no use for fantasy baseball. I somehow felt like I was above fantasy baseball like it was something for people who didn't really understand the sport. So that was why when a friend of mine asked me to join his league, I said I'd help him with his draft, but would take a pass on having a team of my own. Fantasy isn't for people who actually play baseball, I told him. Three years later, when that same friend and I were closing in on the end of our sophomore years of college, he asked me again if I wanted in his fantasy baseball league. At that point, I hadn't played competitive baseball in about two years and was feeling the itch. I'd also grown up a little, and realized I was an idiot for looking down on fantasy baseball in the first place. 
Sure, I said. I'm in. My first fantasy baseball experience, played in the 2005 season, went pretty well. I ended up finishing second in that league behind a monster season for my first-round pick, Miguel Cabrera. This essay, however, is not about him. We all know that there's no better feeling in fantasy than a late-round pick turning into a star. At some point in that draft, I grabbed a 22-year-old third baseman who had an encouraging half-season in the bigs the year before, but was far from a sure thing in what was going to be his first full Major League campaign. I didn't know it at the time, but I had just picked my favorite fantasy baseball player that I've ever had. His name? David Wright. Wright would go on to have a monster 2005 season, hitting 306, 388, 523, with 27 homers, 17 steals, 102 RBIs, and 99 runs. He was also a driving force behind my squad, Uncle John's band, getting that second place finish. That league was a keeper format, and we placed no limits on how long you could keep a player. Wright became an Uncle John's band mainstay, making the next five NL All-Star teams. An Uncle John's band? Well, that team won four fantasy championships and finished third once in that five-year window. Wright cemented my love for fantasy baseball, locking my previous resistance to the game in my not-as-smart-as-I-thought-I-was teenage years, and helped show me that there is no shortage of avenues to get joy from a sport that you love. Chronic injuries robbed Wright of what could have been a Hall of Fame career. His last full season came in 2012 when he was just 29 years old. Who knows what greatness was still in store for him? And who knows how many other fantasy baseball first-timers would have gravitated toward the Mets' do-it-all third baseman. I was a baseball lifer from the moment that I had life, but it wasn't until I stepped off the field for an extended period that I fully embraced the sport in every possible way. For that, I can thank fantasy baseball, and I can thank David Wright. And with that, we are ready to wrap things up on this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Hope you enjoyed that little pee to David Wright, my favorite fantasy baseball player. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off an annual subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. If you just want to try us out first, you can also get a free 90-day trial there. Everything that we do is included with a subscription. If you are enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and review, we'd greatly appreciate if you took the time to do that. For Al Melchior, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Baseball in 15 will be back with you on Friday. <laughs>